Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Welcome back to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast. This is your host, Alina, back again with Justin for another Q&A style episode. We're so excited to have you listening, and we're so thankful for all the ratings and reviews and downloads that we've been seeing lately. We love building this community. You can always connect with us or send us your own questions over on Instagram at Centurion Leadership Battalion, and we would love to hear from you. But today's question is going to be a bit new, and I know Justin is going to share a lot of great information and insight with you all. So today's question is, why is leadership in athletics important? So, hey, Justin, I am excited that you're back with us today. Uh, thank you, Elena. I appreciate it. And um, geez, what a weekend. And if I've lost my voice, I apologize. This episode will release about a week and a half after Wadapalooza, about a week from today. Um, so um, I am back from Miami. Um, if anyone wants to look it up, you should look up Wadapalooza. It's W-O-D-A-P-A-L-O-O-Z-A, roughly, uh, fitness festival. My stepdaughter, Zoe, um, was in the competition. I'll get into the story of the whole weekend. It's going to be part of the topic today. Um, and um, But first... Um, I figure, you know, I'm getting feedback that Elena and I sort of dive right into it and we don't ever talk about us and what about us. And I got a question the other day about, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for Elena and her baby. So um, the, the, the soccer player, um, as I've been told, um, which is good, we need more soccer players in the world based on what's going on in Europe. And so, um, but really, we do need more soccer players. It's a great sport, and America needs to be better represented in the sport. So um, maybe Elena has a future Pele coming. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, Elena, I don't know. I mean, how was your weekend? And, I mean, did you do anything fun? Yeah, actually, I didn't do anything too crazy. My weekends this weekend, I spent kind of just relaxing and preparing for the week. But I did try out a new restaurant close to my house, which was pretty cool. I've been laying pretty low lately just because it's flu season and there's germs everywhere and I'm trying to keep this baby healthy. But I went out to this new restaurant close to my house. It's a pizza place, but it's like an upscale sort of pizza place, which I know most people would probably be like, just order Papa John's and call it a day. But it was way better than expected. And I eat gluten-free. If you listen to our other podcast, Scavengeology, you know that I eat a gluten-free diet and have a gluten allergy. So I'm really used to really gross cauliflower crust and gluten-free crusts for pizzas. But this place, I swear it was the best pizza that I have had in so long. And when you're pregnant, you just want to eat everything. So I think that I'm going to have to send Greg back there to get me a to-go pizza this week because it was the best gluten-free pizza. That was like my win of the whole weekend. And I still am thinking about it and it's Tuesday and that was Friday. Right. And it sounds like it was like a triple win for Greg. It was one of those things where one pizza can, can conquer so many things for him. Exactly. So. It can make me happy and it can make me quiet because I'm eating. So it's just a total win for him. So what is the name of the restaurant? Phil? I mean, we don't have any advertisers, so we can just drop the name on here. Yeah, it's Pizza by Elizabeth's and it's in Greenville, Delaware. So it's about 15, 20 minutes for me, but it was amazing. And they have such a cool like outdoor fireplace and a really cool ambiance, but obviously it's freezing here. So we did not sit outside, but definitely a cool spot. I love supporting small local businesses and trying to take a break from, you know, big chain restaurants and things that you usually find yourself in. So it's nice just to support something small and try something new. 
I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Lynn. And it just, you guys got a ton of snow up there recently, didn't you guys? Or did you not get hit with the same snowstorm everyone else did in the mid-Atlantic? We got snow this weekend on Sunday night. We got pretty decent amount of snow um, and ice and rain, which froze and turned to ice, but it ended up melting by the next morning. So it wasn't too bad, but we did have a big snowstorm probably three weeks ago now. And it was decent snow. And me being from Georgia, I, I don't drive well in the snow. I get really anxious trying to navigate driving in snow. So I just stay home. I, even if it's just going to be two inches, I act like a blizzard's coming, get what I need for the house. And I just stay home. That's probably a good idea. I got to tell you, when we were in Miami just recently for the Wadapalooza, which we'll talk more about, um, it was kind of crazy how the drivers drive there. They don't have any snow. And even in the rain, it was just like um, some crazy stuff. So but, yeah, I'm so jealous you got to go to Miami where it's warm. Did you guys do anything besides Wadapalooza that was fun there? Uh, well, I got buried in the sand yesterday for a little Very bit. Fun. That, that we went to the beach, but it wasn't warm. I would say it was chilly. We still went in the water, did a little bit of body surfing. The wave was the waves were maybe two feet max, um, but it was still worth going just to break out of the norm for sure. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So. All right. What was the question? I can't, uh, Lena, again. Our question was, why is leadership in athletics important? So I'm excited to hear more about Wadapalooza this weekend and kind of what you learned about leadership from that event. Well, so first off, obviously, I mentioned it there. Zoe, uh, my stepdaughter, she competed in the event. She had a do not qualifier and she qualified as one of the 20 people that got invited for the elite women, which is the top professional um, part of the festival um, performance as an individual. They also had three man elite teams, all men, three women, all men, uh, three man women teams elite, and then all the way down. So it's a festival. So it has activities and gauntlets for all different shapes, sizes, and people's levels across CrossFit, CrossFit or fitness. But it really, amongst what's going on in the world today, it really brought forth something that is just it, it well just crossfit alone but i want to talk about a few things one the leadership that's needed in sports right now and two um the lack of leadership that i think is being um given in sports in kids um at young ages so i think the topic has multiple parts and then obviously the multiple part is um for me is now we have um, women that were once men, and obviously I'm not going to get in the political terms, competing as females and beating female records. So what does that look like? What's the leadership across the board? So it's going to get a little controversial. We're going to get a little uncomfortable, but I think it's important that we discuss it for people to really stop, start to think about and looking at, because the minute you have a daughter, which Elaine has been graced now, you know, everyone said that, you know, whatever now we're going to like China where you want to be born a man because you can be born, be competitive at sports. Not like there wasn't already an advantage being born a male, like anyone knows, but let's just no offense, but we know that society has historically throughout 150,000 years of humanity given the benefit to the male as the power person. We've switched that over the last hundred years only to somewhat weirdly switch it back because we're now giving the power to men that were once women, or men, women that were once men, and now giving them power in, in the women world. So it's just something to think about. Leadership, I'm not gonna tell you where I obviously stand in it with having two daughters, one who's a very competitive athlete, that there's no way if John, her fiance, suddenly decided to pull a Kardashian and go the other way and compete against her, she could not compete. It would not be fair. He's, he is twice, if not three times as strong as her, not only because he's male, but because nature is a larger human. <clears throat> and so much bigger than most females. And so, you know, those are the things that if you look at CrossFit, a sport where you're lifting weight, where it's very competitive, where seconds matter, um, you can see it, but we, we somehow are disassociating it when we look at swimming or running or whatever. So leadership in athletics. Okay. I don't, I'm not saying that 
a woman that was once a man or a man that was once a woman can't compete in sports, I think there just needs to be a different category. If you're going to like, I, I, the whole thing is hard for me anyway, but I'm like, if you're going to compete and there's going to be a compat category and we do adaptive um, and we do special Olympics and this is what we're going to do instead of disrupting all of society and making a big splash, let's just integrate it. Like it merges on the freeway. We don't need to make a big deal out of it. We just need to categorize it. And it's unfortunate that we need to do it, but that's how we are as humans. That's how science has done it. We have species, we are categorized. So fine. I don't know why, but if we're going to do it, we need to create the categories in the universities or in our professional sports where there is this category and then let the market decide whether or not the free market decide whether or not it's TV worthy or sponsor worthy or whatever. I I'm guessing it will be based on the attention it gets, but let it be its own thing. Don't cloud it with the other things. And that's, you can't just take athletics as a blanket hole now and say it's male, female, and there's male divisions and female divisions because females work so hard to get to be a part of sports seriously and we just are sort of robbing them of it in the records. And so it's just, it's not that I'm saying we're robbing it and there shouldn't be a place for everyone to compete. It's just, we need to look at it. We're not gonna put an adaptive athlete or a special Olympics athlete in the real Olympics. Like it's unfair. Like the game has to be somewhat built so there's a competition, so it's fair. That's the point of athletics. The rules give it fairness. And then within that fairness, there's nature or laws or depending on the sport, how big or small you are. Um, so <clears throat> that's where it is. But we've got to define it within what's fair. And so to define it what's fair, you know, we just have to recategorize. I'm not saying I have the right answers. I'm saying it because we need to think about it. <clears throat> this brings me to my really, my next point, and I don't care, male, female, transgender, whatever you identify yourself as, the lack of leadership <clears throat> that we are displaying in sports, um, in youth, um, <clears throat> and even at the professional level during COVID, and some of the things that people that I've witnessed in CrossFit that I had very high levels of respect in their leadership for the things that took place that in the time that we need leaders and that's the time in a sport like crossfit or any sport that's looking for someone to stand up and be different and actually speak up and do the right thing um it's few and far between and while i get it sports are about being coached and being coachable and and listening and it's not always about having our own mindset um we lack leaders in in sports right now like really leaders that stand for something um not going out and talking to the media not going out and and making a splash but actually standing up for something and across it there's a lot of that based on health and you know you look at these athletes and they're fit and even the ones that don't look so fit all of a sudden they throw a refrigerator over the head size barbell and you're like holy shit they're really fit and so um there's all of those things and um you know we need to talk about those and then the last thing i really is um sports are meant to teach competition so we don't it's a safe place for us to learn leadership it's a safe place for us to learn how to get along with one another um, you know, there's sports that we learn that are individualistic, that, that we learn to be Justin and, and everything's on the line. Like I put my name on the podcast, everything's on the line. I screw up, you know, originally it was just me. Now it's a team. So life functions in both ways and why it's important to take responsibility as an individual and learn individual sports. You want to also learn team sports. Um, you know, we also talked about in a recent podcast about um, or maybe we did in our roots offline, Elaine and I, but the ports of a male and being able to protect oneself, okay, or his family. But we really don't talk about it's important for a female to be able to protect herself. And it's not a high likelihood that she's going to be able to, but if a female is athletic, has athleticism, is in shape, 
and does all this, the likelihood that she can fight off an attacker or someone that's going to happen is very high. So when we look at sports, we've got to stop looking at them as just trophies and rewards. And I'm going to say orange slices. They probably don't do that anymore. But whatever it is, Gatorade, or maybe they don't do that anymore. But it's, it's more than that. It, there's a huge development process in it for children. And, um, and again, in that development, that has to be somewhat fair. And everyone's like, oh, why? Everything. Listen. We talked about government responsibility, right? The United States, if we're going to talk about the United States, it's given us the boundaries to have free market society. Not every country does that. It's the same thing I'm talking about here. There just needs to be boundaries within the sports so there can be fair competition so everyone can learn what's intended. And the intention is integrity, character, winning, hopefully one out of every hundred come up to the cream of the crop and become the leaders in this country. That's based, that's why athletics are important. That's the whole function of why they've come up in society and why after World War II, they've become so essential as a way of diffusing things and getting over cultural barriers and getting people to work together through a common cause, even though they're from different neighborhoods or different skin tone or different ethnicities. So athleticism and leading in athletics and and protecting athleticism as athletes and protecting the sports we're in whether you're a college player whether you're a high school player we need to really look at defining it now and it has to be as simple as possible i'm sorry i know there's complications across the new alphabet and everything like that that i don't understand and it's not that i don't want to it's that I haven't, I've accepted it. And I can't possibly understand everyone's situation across the whole world. I've been across the whole world. And there's a lot more than just that to understand across cultures and people's dimensions and poverty and all that. So I'm not saying that it doesn't matter to me and all of it doesn't matter. I am just a person that is focused on what I can do to make a difference and lead in a difference. <clears throat> and I have an influence in athletics right now because Zoe's so involved. I have an influence in food. So the things that I'm focused on, and I have an influence over family, and I have influence over the podcast that I started, not with this intent. This intent of going out and talking about athletics was never on my radar. It's going to be just and I'll interview food entrepreneurs, and I'll do the small little thing, and it won't become too big because I don't want to be like that. I just want to, you know, gain attention and get employees and bring a new business, but you know, whatever, fly under the radar, if you will. <clears throat> but it's just not what happened. All of a sudden, I have a voice, and we need leadership. So um, I'm going to pause here. I'm going to ask Elena a question just because it's important. I mean, Elena, have you thought about sports um, for your future son and, and what that looks like? Have you and Greg talked about sports? I mean, is it something that you feel is important for the future generation um, as a new mom? Yeah, definitely. We've actually talked a lot about sports and growing up, I was that kid that tried every sport and I never really found one that I stuck with. And a lot of my friends were cheerleaders and I did that for a few years, but I didn't love it. I more so did it for the social aspect of it and being a sideline cheerleader, you know, it gives you the team kind of building, you do the dance routines, all that, but it's not really a sport sport. And I might get some hate for saying that it's not like competitive cheer. I didn't do that, but I never really had a sport and I never really had, you know, that team feeling. And I really envied that, um, because it was something I wanted. It was just never something that I stuck with as a kid, but you know, you grow up and get over that, whatever. Greg, on the other hand, always did sports. And I also think, you know, boys, young boys are more pushed into doing sports than young girls. I think it teaches discipline. And there's so many, you know, like you said, you don't want to get controversial with all the different stereotypes of boys versus girls, whatever. But I think, you know, people say, put your sons in sports, teaches them discipline, teaches them team building, all of those things, which is important for girls too, but boys tend to be a little bit more out there than little girls do. But um, he did baseball and he never did anything else really until he was asked in high school to come and wrestle. And he had not been a fan of wrestling. He thought like wrestling was weird. It was weird for him to think of like going to 
wrestle on a mat with a bunch of other guys. But he said the more that he was asked, it kind of piqued his interest. And he's like, you know, I'll try it. And so he went and tried it and he ended up falling in love with wrestling and he became wildly successful with wrestling, um, in high school. And the thing that he loved about it was not only the discipline, because I do think sports teach discipline. And I think it's very important for children to learn, but also he loved the aspect of wrestling itself that while it is a team sport, because you do have a team, it's more individual. So like when you're on the mat with one other opponent, it's you versus that one person. So if you fail or you mess up, you can't be blaming your team. You can't be like, oh, you know, I was trying to throw you this catch and whatever. It's all on you. And I think that taught him a lot of responsibility and discipline because it improved his training and just all the things that go into wrestling, which he tells me all these stories. And sometimes I'm like, you didn't eat, you didn't do what? I'm like, there's so much stuff that goes into wrestling that I would have never expected. But I think it taught him so much discipline in so many areas of his life. Um, and so that's something that he wants our baby to do. I don't know if I'm going to be a huge fan of my son getting beat up on a wrestling mat when he's two years old. So maybe when he's a little older, but um, we've definitely talked about it. I definitely find it important. And I also just love the aspect of having a team. So I don't know with the event you were at, I know you were saying there are kind of those I don't remember the word that you use. That's my pregnancy brain, but there's those teams or, you know, the men, the few men versus the few women or whatever it may be. But I don't know if they also do scoring like individually or how that works, but I love the aspect of learning discipline, but I also think, you know, having a team and having that common goal is really important, no matter if you're a child or an adult. Yeah. And, um, well, one, I think you hit on it 100%, Elena, which is the discipline aspect of athletics. I think it's hugely important to practice the the goals, the long-term results. I mean, um, and guys, that's a big differentiator. It's not actually talent. A lot of the times there's talent is involved. It's the discipline, but it's the discipline to be uncomfortable. And um and, and so let's just, I'm going to, I'm going to rewind back for everyone. So Wadapalooza, um, Zoe competed as an elite individual woman. Uh, John competed as an elite male. Um, he was a primal rock athlete. So Zoe, and then Heather Gamble, she's a primal rock masters elite woman, 35 to 39 age group. And she competed as well. I believe she got 14th. John's team got maybe 16th. And Zoe got 19th. Somewhere around there, I'll have to look exactly. But all of them did better. And John went into the competition thinking he was just coaching Zoe, but a team had someone um, hurt their ankle. And John literally came to all of us. He's like, am I letting Zoe down? And this is what I'm talking about leadership. And the parent protector of me is like, well, you're Zoe's coach. You're her trainer. You're going to let her down. But John's also a professional athlete. John's also building a brand. John also can showcase his skills and also showcase Primal Rock and also showcase step-up training, which they're building. And so this is the thing about leadership and athletics and entrepreneurship. The thing about it is he was prepared for the opportunity. By, oh, he's still trained with Zoe. Even though he's training her, he's, he's training himself. He's preparing also because he knows he's part of this brand. And when we play athletics and we start off as a kid, and if I could give Elena anything advice right now, is the minute your kid's born, he is a brand for himself. And whether he goes into music or sports or whatever it is, we have to carefully look at what that individual looks like and how they're representing society. And we have never done that before. Okay. Athletics to me is what makes sense to me. And for me, it's a thing based on what my interests are and where I am as a business person and my skill set that I could turn both turn myself into a business while I'm turning my kids, my future son-in-law into business, the primal rock athletes into businesses, and then hopefully other people in food service partners where they're a business man and a business man, you know? So they're both a person that conducts business and they're a business themselves is what I'm saying in both terms. One businessman words can together, business man, 
meaning like I'm a businessman, like Jay-Z says it, like I too function, I make money, I have worth, value. And so athletics teaches us, but it takes guidance as parents. It takes leadership as coaches and mentors to make sure that that message is in there. And let me tell you, it was not there for me. And, the, and I know based on what I perform now and my potential now and how I exercise now and how fast I run miles and, and exercise and recover and understand my diet and all that, that I left so much on the table when I played soccer. Like, I, it's a shame. Like, it saddens me. It's a regret for sure. It's not something that I could do anything about. But if there's one regret that I have, and I wouldn't regret anything, I love my life and I've learned lessons along the way and hardships and all, but it's that I wish there had been someone come along that would have been able to mentor me in a way that helped me understand what it took to be an athlete, the mental side, the food side, the whole thing, the physical side, the cross training, the CrossFit training, all of it, whether they're bits and pieces, no one was able to put it together in a way that excelled me as a person. I was a pretty good soccer player. So that's what I'm saying is the leadership that's needed in athletics is, is to number one, lead the, lead the athletes in these ways Two, um, give the people to have the discipline and the ability to lead themselves healthy and in the right way and their families in the right way, their entire lives. And be able to understand that how I display myself in sports is how I should display myself in life because I am my brand. And that's a hard thing. And it was never done before. We can make a lot of mistakes in life and it was brushed off. Now the mistakes are part of our brand. Now, if we don't learn from them, they hurt us. And it's very true. And we don't realize this. The more we avoid the mistakes and avoid learning from them, the more it blemishes our brands. And, um, and it's not all because society is always rushing to gossip and who's got the most attention and whose butt looks the best on Instagram. But if there's character behind it, it doesn't matter what the butt is. If, it, if there's character and message and positivity, that, 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 that attention's getting and it's used for good, it doesn't matter what's being put out there. It's how it's used in the message being delivered. And athletics tells us that, hey, there's mean guys in athletics. They're hard-nosed, they're mean. They get out their demons on the field. They're good people off the field, but geez, they're hard on the field. Does that make them a bad person? Should we throw them in jail? Nope. Mike Tyson beat the shit out of everyone. He did serve time in jail, but not for this. He's a mean dude when he was in the ring. He was hungry. He wanted to win. That's okay. Good people need to be mean to defeat evil, period. We know it all the way through, no matter what religion it is, no matter how pacifist you are in your life, you know there's been an evil circumstance and you've had to be mean. You've even felt bad about it. You've maybe even cried. You've had to step up to a bully and be mean doing it. That's okay. That doesn't make you a bad person. You're still a good person. You just had to be mean to stick up to evil. Athletics teaches us that. Athletics teaches us to stand up, that we can do it, that we can get knocked down and get back up. So all I'm saying is athletics are important. Let's just simplify the problem we have going on right now and really define it. Right? And I hope maybe CrossFit is the first one to do this, but there's no reason there can't be male. There can't be, you know, female that was once male. I don't know what you would call it to be politically correct. I'm sorry. Male that was once female category and then male or whatever. Male, female, once male, once female. And it's horrible to say, and that's not the right term because I'm being insensitive because they're actually female because they feel that way inside i understand all of it, but i still got to look at the physical science and the output of the muscles and the way that they were designed by nature period that's no one's fault that's not my fault for saying it that's just the way it is like how do we not look at something and say okay this is what my eyes are telling me that's true how do we look at it and be like oh no that's not true they can compete with females it's not true 
It's not true. There's no truth in it. Is it true that a man can feel like a woman and be a woman? Yes, it's true. I don't deny that that can be true. I'm just saying that there we have to, and it's not separating them and saying they're different than females emotionally or in their soul because they feel that way. That's not what we're saying. We're saying you function at a physically different level. And I know it leads to segregation. I know we're creating a different class, but it's no different than what we've already done with male and female. And if we create too many classes or differentiations, it's no different than racism. Okay, you're putting people in a lot of different classes. For what reason, I don't know. But in sports, it has to be for fairness of the game. And I know people are like, oh, people used to not have whites and blacks and there's to be the Negro League. I'm not saying that. That's not the same thing. Don't argue that. That We're not even talking about the same thing. There isn't, we didn't put the male baseball players against the women's baseball league. Okay, we never did it. We didn't all of a sudden put the Yankees against the whatever, the Beloit Peaches or whatever they were called in Wisconsin that was part of the women's league during World War II. We did not do that. Why? It would have been fun. It isn't entertaining. It's humiliating. No one wants to watch that. It's embarrassing. And the fact that we humans put someone through that is shame on us, period. It's humiliating. And for women who have worked so hard to get their own rights, it's even more humiliating. 150,000 years Homo sapiens have been on this planet. Males have run the roost based on our size and whatever. It's only until recently, guys, that we've been able to allow where it isn't survival of the fittest, where natural death doesn't take us out anymore. All of us no longer die of natural death. So in that process, in that life, in that longevity of our life, we need to be very careful of what we do within it. And it's not saying everyone can't play sports. It just needs to be fair. And the Special Olympics doesn't compete with the Olympics, but they still deserve a chance to compete. The opportunity to compete. It's about the opportunity and about that opportunity being fair. But fairness is not fair. The person in the Special Olympics has a, a worse lot possibly than the person in the Olympics. Possibly. We could see that as a person that isn't in the special mix. I could see that might be worse, but maybe a person especially has such a value and love in his life and, and so much love that it's better than the person in the Olympics. Maybe what we see physically doesn't match always internally. And if we want well-rounded athletes, yes, there's darkness that has to be used to pull ourselves to compete at the highest level, but it needs to be used during those times. And being mean to, to win and be athletic and be competitive so your family has legacy and you have money and you have sponsors, that's part of the game. And it's part of life. And in the United States, we're forgetting what it's like to be competitive on a world market because there are plenty of people that will top us over just to live in our houses. Believe me, majority of the world doesn't even live in a house the size of our bedroom in the United States, seriously. They got nine people stuffed in a one room house, bathroom outside, still, yes. They have TV somehow and cell phones, but not very big houses. Priorities, right? Human consumption rules the roost over our own basic needs. We're the only species that does that. So, but athletics is important. And I think that, like I said, I wasn't being controversial, but I will tell you as a stepfather of two females, um, that it, why would I put my kids or recommend my grandchildren into sports where I know it's an unfair thing. It has to be fair. They have to stand a chance to look at something and know they stand a chance to become better and work towards something better. But if the fight's not fair to begin with, it, they're not going to be inspired. And most fights aren't fair, do not get me wrong, but we don't set up the practice for the real thing where they're never going to succeed. Then they're never going to know what it's like to win or see the little wins along the way. It's mathematically impossible. 
it'd be like, oh, Elena, walk through the hot coals. And I promise you that by the ninth time when you have calluses all over your feet, that you might win one time without burning your feet. One time. Would you take the chance? Probably not. Because we can still calculate as humans, what is our efforts and where are our goals and dreams going to get us? Because if I'm a soccer player and I want to be the number one soccer player, there is no way that it's going to happen. I can work all day long. I could probably do whatever. I could probably defeat this system. It's just unlikely, especially the more we cross and blend and bleed the barriers. So athletics are important. Um, go to Wadapalooza, guys. Go to CrossFit. Again, someone hopefully out there, some independent business will start to properly cross these barriers. No different than we've done with the adaptive athletes in CrossFit or Special Olympics or, hey, we created women's professional sports. Like it took so long to get women's soccer and professional basketball and hockey. And it's just, I don't know. I, I just, to take so long to build something and tear something down so quickly is hard for me. And instead of merging everything on the highway, we tend to want to make such large changes and we want to keep turning the Titanic so hard as society instead of just heading straight towards the iceberg and just working together to reinforce the hull. Right? So everyone can stay on board and everyone can live and the ship won't sink but we'd rather go in 10 million different directions, jump off the ship, break necks, throw the lifeboats over, turn the ship and all die, most likely. High percentage. It's the same scenario. We do it all the time. Groupthink works to save us and to hurt us and team sports teach us that. Again, why it's important. Team sports teach us that <clears throat> our own individual ism is very very important and our skill and building is very very important for ourselves but it's also and how we use it with the team how we orchestrate it with the team and how we use that team to win and how we do that literally translates into life and it's hard for me guys i gotta tell you there's we talk about animals but there's two things i can tell pretty quickly whether a person grew up playing sports especially team sports or a person uh, well, actually, there's three things, you know, because I think hand in hand, a person grew up being an entrepreneur with an entrepreneurial parent or a person grew up in team sports or on a farm. Those three things right there, for some reason, if they're really competitive in team sports they're, or sports in general, the farming thing and the entrepreneur growing up, um, like those like indicators, because there's huge differences. And then... Uh, you know, that's really it. That like when someone comes in, the difference of that human at 18 or 22 years old compared to someone who doesn't have those life experiences. And I get it. Not everyone's athletic. There's entrepreneurism. There's, there's other things. There's a difference in their ability to work and generate value and how long they take to get there. And I'm sorry, but preparing the kids for it and, and yourself, whether it's, encouraging jobs and entrepreneurism and going to have them work on a farm and seeing what that's like in manual labor and, and playing sports um, or getting to know their food or their nutrition, however you look at it, maybe it's not on the farm exactly anymore. Maybe it's just gardening or growing your own food or spices. I don't know, but there is a difference. And when we talk about differences and opportunities in humans, the reality is, is the difference is some of us just work harder and are more disciplined than others. That's it. It's not that we're smarter or more intellectual or more athletic or less athletic or stronger. We can make ourselves stronger. Yes, I will not go against Demario, who's our direct or executive director of logistics, distribution, and fulfillment. He's an ex-football player, six four. I would probably get my butt kicked, you know, head to head. But if I was a wide receiver, he probably couldn't keep up with me, right? So there are, there are advantages in their strategic ways that I can do things in life with no rules. But when I'm trying to win and it needs to be fair and I'm trying to learn, there needs to be basis. Demario and I compete now, even though we're 
partners, but we literally could compete in business and the rules are fair by the government. But I learned that from athletics. I learned that I'm competing no matter what and anything that's not a rule that's written is fair game. And if you wanna be a leader and you wanna be an entrepreneur, you gotta understand what's fair game. And you've got to understand that sometimes fair game isn't always where you are moral and ethically, and you've got to decide whether moral and ethically fair game is still fair game or it's not fair game. And you're going to have to decide moral and ethically as a leader and the decisions you make, whether or not your decision hurts or helps people. And that comes from team sports and that comes from leading. I would literally send sometimes knowing someone tackle someone might get injured it was a risk you have to weigh it do you want to win and everyone's like oh my god you would put my kid at risk and how dare you whatever yeah i'm sure every parent fucking would hate me if i told them to go and tackle hard great but the harder they tackled the less likely they were to get injured even if there was a percentage so i'd rather the other person be injured than the, my teammate so yes someone might get hurt it's part of the game it's part of the risk. And in humanity, we've only not had that risk over the last hundred years. Otherwise, we were dying left and right. We had to have like 10 kids. We didn't need birth control. We were just, there were like three left over by the time it was done. I'm being dramatic, but I'm being serious. So we gotta, it, we've got to continue to educate. We've got to continue to not be absent as parents. And, you know, that's the one thing I will say that Zoe going from soccer and the CrossFit over the years and the discipline that she's had and seeing John now come into picture and the discipline they had during COVID and us expanding our gym in our garage, which was already a CrossFit gym because Deborah and I use it at home as part of our daily discipline for exercise and strength. Um, it's important. And that discipline translate and, and, you know, as I drew a line with the entrepreneur, Elena, very entrepreneurial, obviously growing up and going through college, it's why she's on the podcast and has her own podcast. She's very driven. It's the same with, so she's very disciplined and she's come into food service partners and, and primal rock. And she's taken those same skills and applied them to work very well with her team. And she's taken her team sport that she's gotten along with marketing. And I would say it about anyone in the company. So I'm sorry, FSP. I've been saying something nice about my stepdaughter who works at FSP. I do it because it wasn't done for me. My father was always hard and I had to really earn everything. So, but I'm just saying in this instant, everyone works hard, everyone deserves it. But what I am saying is because I wanna draw the parallel in athleticism, and I see it, therefore I have the proof and I have the research because we've been doing it for so long in decades that discipline translates into every part of life. And one of the things that we're teaching Zoe that Deborah's done great as when she was a kid and entrepreneur and Deborah had her valet parking business and teaching Zoe entrepreneurism as well is that in the same thing with Elena that she's learning is that you are a business too. That eventually you don't have to rely on other people to sponsor you or give you money. Like you can save and make your own life and make your own worth and, and business and salaries and all that are just extra. They're the bonus. They're the shit that's like shit that's just the extra spending money for Christmas presents. So what, I, what are we teaching Zoe beyond the discipline and the stuff that she's got in herself and, and sort of been a grade and she's been able to see results through us, a lot of support from us as parents. What I'm also talking about leadership and athletic, fucking where's all the leadership as the parents because God, I can't even imagine so much of it when I was a coach, when I was a parent that I saw. Sorry, it's judgmental, obviously but we need to do better. It's an opportunity that we'd never get again with our children. So it's pretty important. And the last thing I wanna say is um, really we, 
with the longevity that we're living now, um, it's every moment actually matters more. And we don't, I don't think we understand this. I think we think that because we have more time, we should be less focused um, on our life, but it means the opposite. If we have the opportunity to be in athletics and learn, we need to learn more faster, longer, to stay relevant longer. And we need to train ourselves to absorb more faster in a world that constantly has information coming at you more and more. And whether you're an athlete or whatever, you need to be your own business. So the thing with Zoe is whether she's, she continues at Food Service Partners and she continues on with Deborah and Ida, with, with, with people like Elena and Trevor and the future generations that are coming in and Skylar and Callie, that's another intern, all from Georgia College with Elena that we see these high potential individuals coming out of that, that work here. You know, those are the future generations. And whether it's sports or an entrepreneurial background or some hard knocks that, that get everyone there, it's something that matters. And there's too little of them out there. When I go, when I meet like hundreds of college students and the cream of the crop is four of them, of the seniors at Georgia College that even have a clue of a standard of what I need in a 22 year old coming into this business, that's scary. No offense, and I'm not bashing anyone, but it's not the universities that should be putting that there. It should be something that we're developing in athletics and in our parenthood and exposing our children to the world, other cultures, work, sports, just to name a few. So how important is it? Way more important now that we live longer. And every second is way more important because the longer we live, the more someone else can get a competitive advantage on us. And the more we can be devalued by someone else gaining more value. And I'm not talking about going knocking down other people. I'm just saying if someone's working on their value all the time, you're losing value in comparison, period. Just the way it is. And they're going to be great. There's God knows maybe 20,000 professional soccer players at least in Europe if not more. There's only one Cristiano Ronaldo and one Messi. That doesn't mean there's not a lot of people still trying. And each of them have won like five player of the year trophies or whatever, at least. My facts are a little bit off there. But the pursuit is important. Cristiano Ronaldo never has to worry about money again. His kids, his legacy, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, even though he's passed away, he built a legacy. His family's got money. I want to talk about, you know, other people. Post Malone, I know, did a really good job of building the legacy and making sure he got, when he got his money, that he built something that was important for his for survival and his family's survival. So, you know, athleticism is not only what you do with it or the lessons you learn. It's what happens when you all of a sudden realize your kid can make it to that next level. And it takes years, guys. And we knew it happened with Zoe once they made the CrossFit Games. And she performed at such a high level. But when she stood up there and with individuals, like to see that as a parent, to see the years of work that got you to that precipice, that now everything has to align, that I'm both as an entrepreneur preparing to align Primal Rock, which is an FSP project, what we're doing with the athletes, what we're doing with food, and the problems with the supply chain, it's all the same. And no one sees it yet, but I'm telling you right now, all of it is going down the thing. And you know who I'm going after? What did I, I'm going after the entrepreneurs, the farmers, and the athletes. The three main people that I know make a difference in the world and have the discipline and the drive to do it. So at Food Service Partners, what is my strategy and my tactics? Right there. And I just told them to you guys, what are the people that I want? I want athletes. I want farmers and I want fucking entrepreneurs that show that could, because there's no one else like them. So I can tell you from being in business and recruiting the best, the best and food being the least glamorous of all the things, unless you're a star chef or in a fancy restaurant of some sort, or you think you're some millionaire of a franchise, 
it's not glorifying. And so it's hard to attract high performing people. So you've got to do extra work because you're competing against every industry that promises people quick money, oil and gas, pharmaceuticals, logistics now, even though logistics and food are pretty important, but it's funny how no one ties the two together. So that's what I'm saying, you know, be prepared. These are the top, the people that I'm seeing that are performing high, the people that are coming into food service partners that integrate in and start performing high from day one that I don't need to treat as an intern or a trainee or whatever. That's the individuals I just talked about. So when we're talking about the three things that I think are important for your kids, and not all of you can be farmers, you may want to expose them to it, but athletics and entrepreneurism. Um, and exposing them to entrepreneurs, whether it's a plumber or an electrician who runs their own business or a proprietor, it's all important. So um, thank you, Elena, for the episode. Um, sorry, guys, I went a little long there. I'll put links to Wadapalooza on the site. I'll put links to Zoe, John, and Heather Gamble, our Primal Rock athletes that were at the competition. Um, you can also go to my Instagram at Justin Mazzaro to see stuff from um, the event and you can go to at rmk visions um that's trevor knoll's site he's our photographer he travels for fsp and primal rock and does uncovering the rock uh, which is behind the scenes of uh primal rock as well uh also with the athletes so those are all places that you guys can go look and find content i will put all the links on the notes so thanks elena and thanks for sharing Awesome. Thanks so much. And thank you everyone for downloading. And please don't forget to leave us a review and a rating. Uh, follow us over on Instagram or Facebook, and we would love to have you join our community. Thanks guys. <laughs>